Bless you, brother. Amen. Amen. I appreciate you, Pastor. I really do. He's uh, been a blessing to me. That's like a, I see. I hadn't known him a long time either, but uh, I hear good things about him, and I appreciate him. I see him most of the time out about the school. So, uh, but uh, if you've got a man of God that stands by the Word of God, you ought to back him. You ought to you ought to pray for him. You ought to. Uh, seek the Lord on the behalf of the church. I'm telling you, we need God in these last days. Uh, we need help from Him. I picked up a paper. Uh, I guess it's Monday evening, Tuesday evening, one. I was looking in it. And it was a historical paper. And it was about Western North Carolina. But I, I've always been like this. I always thought I'd like to have seen this country... 200 years ago. Well, I picked that paper up and, and it gave year by year a Polk County. And then I got to reading on it in 1775. There were some Indians that entered a house out in Polk County and massacred a family. And then I went on down a year or two and I saw where uh, a lady had been scalped in Polk County. Now the Indians must have been meaner out there than they was around here, but uh, do you know what it told me? I'm not sure I wanted to be born in that day. I mean, and then it went on down there and sometime months after that it said that uh, there was a man that got together and they went up on some ridge, they named the ridge and said uh, they defeated the Indians. But uh, We're here to worship the Lord this evening. I'm here to try to honor God, glorify Him, lift Him up. I can tell you this, He sure is worthy of all of our praise. All right, if you have your Bible, I'd like for you to turn to the book of Haggai. I'm reminded of what... Uh, evangelist Billy Mitchell said one time, he said he was sitting in a service and said there was a fellow sitting by him and the pastor, preacher said, turn to one of these minor prophets in the Old Testament. And he said, I watched him and he said he has a thumbing through his Bible. And he said he read the text and he's still thumbing through his Bible. And he said, he looked over at me and he said, where is it at? He said, I don't know, but I'm sure it's in there. And if you happen to know Billy Mitchell, that's, that's the way it was. But I, I want to I look at this this evening. And I, I want to try to preach on being motivated. Being motivated. Now, before I read or anything, do you ever, do you ever watch coaches... Or maybe you've played football, basketball, uh, baseball. The coach tries to motivate you. I thought of this. Uh, how many of you ever seen Jim Valvano's speech uh, as he had cancer? I can tell you, that's a motivating speech. It's a motivating speech. And what it does is it gets people back and interested in something. 
So the setting of this year is that they've gotten lazy. They have sat down. And fact is, if, uh, if what I read is correct, somewhere between 14 and 16 years from the time they laid the foundation of the house of God, they left off the work. And they didn't have to. And they didn't have to. Now let me read you starting in chapter 1. There's just two chapters of this. The Bible says this, and I'll read down through verse 11. In the second year of Darius, the king, in the sixth month, in the first day of the month, came the word of the Lord by Haggai. It's interesting to note how God terms stuff. He said here, it's by Haggai, not through him, but by him. That means he's God's messenger. For with God's message, God's want to get across the message here. And he said this, he said, uh, by uh, Haggai, uh, the prophet, unto Zerubbabel, the son of Shethiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Joshdek, the high priest, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, This people say, The time is not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai the prophet, saying, It is time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lieth waste. Now therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Ye have sown much, and bring in little. Ye eat, and have not enough. Ye drink, and are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, Uh, But there is none warm, and he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put into bags with a bag with hole. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your way. Go up into the mountain, and bring wood, and build the house, and I will take pleasure in it, and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. You look for much, and lo, it come to little. And when you brought it home, I did blow upon it. Why saith the Lord of hosts? Because mine house that is waste, and you run every man unto his own house. Therefore the heavens over you is stayed from dew, and the earth is stayed from her fruit. And I call for a drought upon the land, and upon the mountains, and upon the corn, and upon the new wine, and upon the oil and upon that which the ground bringeth forth, and upon men, and upon cattle, and upon the labor of the hands. Let us pray. Father, we come, Lord, before you today. We're grateful for an opportunity to be here. But Lord, we recognize that we need the help of you, we need the touch of you, we need the presence of you in this service this evening. God, I know... No matter how much I prepare, it's insufficient. Lord, it takes an anointing of you to speak to the hearts of people. It takes the power of you in the midst of us to get across your word uh, to hearts and lives and to help your people. God, I pray, Father, 
that you'd help us, Lord, that you would touch us, and God, that you would move, Lord, upon us this evening just to glorify your name and to lift it up. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now let me give you an introduction some to this, and I think it'll help you uh, as we start to look at it. We note this, that Haggai is one of the twelve minor prophets. There are ten others uh, before it. it is, well, it is the tenth one, and uh, then there's two after it, and that being uh, Zechariah and Malachi. Now, we find that to read this chapter, these two chapters of this book, you need to go back to the book of Ezra and read the book of Ezra with it. Now, Ezra was a ready scribe, and he came back. And uh, there were people that were with him. I was reading the, the register of the people that come back, and uh, you'll see that uh, Haggai and Zechariah was in it as far as I could find, the register in that. I don't know if they come with him. They was already there. I don't really know about all of that. But we note this. Here they come back to uh, Jerusalem. They come to build the house of God. It's permitted to them to build the house of God. Cyrus gave it in writing that they could return and go back to Jerusalem and build the house of God. So we find that it gets a little later, and they start out building. Now, they had enthusiasm to start with. And they were enthused, and they got to lay in the foundation. And they laid the foundation, and then there's a little problem that arose. As you see these Gentiles that have been displaced and brought over there uh, to Jerusalem, uh, they, they come up to uh, Ezra, and Zerubbabel and those, and they said, we want to build with you. And they said, no, you don't have no part in this building. This is a house of God. And you say, well, what was so bad about them helping? You know what they was wanting to do? Bring their idols into this. Their false religions into this. You better watch who you build with. You see, this man... Uh, uh, Haggai was God's prophet to them. But as this was signed, I want you to understand this. How many of you read in the book of Daniel uh, that Daniel, when he was thrown into the lion's den, they tricked the king into signing that. And it could not be altered. Now it's important to understand This writing could not be altered. It couldn't be broken. And what happened when all of that 14 years or 16 years, however long it was, they had every right to go and to say, we have a letter from the king of Persia to say we can build this. But you know something? As far as we read, they didn't pursue it. They didn't pursue it. Now, God has given us rights. God has given us uh, uh, His Word, and His Word is our right. 
uh, to follow Him no matter what this world says. He's given us that right. But you know what had happened? They had lost their enthusiasm. They were not motivated uh, to go on for God. So that brings us there uh, to where we're at. Now we find this, that if you look at this, uh, there is Zerubbabel and he's the governor. And he is apparently appointed by Cyrus to be the governor over uh, Judah. Well, he had to be the right type of man. And if you read about Zerubbabel and you go to Matthew chapter 1, you'll find that he's in the lineage of David. He's the right man to do the job. He's the governor over it. But we find that there's another man by the name of Joshua. He's the high priest. He has to be a Levite. And he has to be a son of Aaron to be the high priest. Now, here's two men that are great men, and apparently they got till they were motivated hardly right. So God teaches us some lessons in this. He says, I want you to look at what can happen to you and to the congregation and to the country when people are not motivated to live for God and to walk with God and to serve God. So we need some motivation about us. Now I want you to notice. Here's Haggai. And he has, uh, I tell you, Haggai has some brass about him. Here's a man that stands up to Zerubbabel, the governor, and the high priest, and he tells them, he says, hey, it's time to wake up. It's time to do something. So God had a man that had a backbone about him, and he preached the Word of God to these uh, in fact is the leaders of the whole group and that they need to be motivated to finish the work that they was doing. Now I want you to understand he says this. He said alright. He said thus saith the Lord. Now as we find this we see God has plenty to say. He has plenty to say. God said that we're His servants. God says that we're to walk with Him. God says we're to serve Him. God says that we're to be dedicated for the rest of our lives in the service of God. So God says a lot about our motivation today and that we should walk with God, that we should serve God, that we should honor God and glorify His name down here on this earth. So we find there that here's the people. Now, as I already said, the first thing about it, and I kind of jumped ahead, the Word of God is the first uh, thing of our motivation. Who said it? Is it not God's Word? I believe every person in this building believes that this King James Version Bible is the inspired, inerrant, eternal Word of God. Nothing can be put to it. Nothing can be taken away from it. It is God's Word. So we see there, he said, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts. Now listen, he knows our thoughts. God knows our intents. He knows the intents of our heart. And so as God knows all of those things, God knows why we do what we do 
or why we don't do what we do. God knows about that. And I can tell you this, if we're not living up to where God wants us to, I bet He's done spoke to us. Once, twice, 15, 20 times, however times that you've been around. God speaks to us and He said this. He said, Thus saith the Lord. And then He said, The people say, The time is not come at the time that the Lord's house should be built. Now, you know what happened? These people sitting there, and now they wasn't working for these 14 years or so, and they kind of liked it. Now, I can tell you something. You can get out of the will of God, and it won't be long if, uh, unless God really deals with you. You'll get to you like it a little better. Especially not doing anything. I can tell you it's easier not to do anything than it is to do something and uh, maybe get fussed at, chewed out over, whatever it be, or the door shut in your face. Uh, It doesn't matter what it is. It's easier not to do anything. But God's people are a people that is supposed to be doing for God. They're supposed to be walking with God. They're supposed to be serving God. We're supposed to be holy people, separated people from this world, separated unto the will of God and the work of God in this life. So we're supposed to be separated. But God has spoken to us. Now the attitude of the people is, it's not time. It's not time. It's not time that the Lord's house would be built. Now I don't know where they got that from. It wasn't in the Bible. God opened the doors to them to do great things. Come back to Jerusalem and be a part of the group that was going to build the house of God. He permitted them to be a part of that. But they come up and they said, well, it's not time. Let me ask you this question. Have we ever told the Lord that? And you ain't the only one that's told Him that. We all have, hadn't we, sometime or another. It's just not time. It's not a good time to go talk to somebody. It's not a good time today to go to church. It's not a good time right now. Oh, oh, I've got to go on vacation. I've got to do this and I've got to do that. Do you know what had happened? Look at the next verse down. At verse 3, or verse 4. We find in verse 4, It is time for you, O ye that dwelled in sealed houses. Now you know what they're doing? In these 14 years, they have built their house. That word sealed carries the thought that it was a paneled house. This wasn't just any house. This was a pretty nice house. It's kind of like this. It had, I'm, I'm, this is my imagination. It had siding on it, the boards, and they'd put them on their real knee. They'd come inside and they'd put paneling up the walls and they'd made it real comfortable inside. And so they was, they was working for themselves. But it wasn't time to build for God. It wasn't time to walk with God. So here they was. They was working for themselves. Man, 
all you have to do is, is, is hang a dollar out somewhere and other people go on vacation. And they'll spend three or four weeks a year on a vacation. I, the, the thing is, jobs takes precedence over the house of God nowadays. We see that there's all kinds of things and excuses that we look out and we say, God, it's just not time to go to church. It's just not time to do this work for you. It's just not time to do that. But God looks around and He says, well, I see you've got time for everything else. And we do. Sometimes we think we're so busy but if we, t- if we looked at our lives and analyzed our lives real good, I bet you'd find out that you're killing a lot of time. It's time. It's time. That's what he's saying. And so God said this. Now, I want you to understand this. It's not only they was using their time wrong. But I can tell you what, God can get your attention about your time. Now look what he said on down in this. He said, you've sown much and bring in little. You eat and have not enough. You drink and are not filled with drink. You clothe you, but you're not warm. You earn wages to put them in a bag with a hole in it. Now I can tell you this. We waste our time. God can get our attention. As he says in the book of Romans chapter 13, it's time and it's high time that we awoke out of our sleep. And you know what's wrong with the church today? And I'm not fussing at this church. I don't, I don't know a lot of you people, I, uh, but I can tell you this, we get lazy on God. We get lazy on Him. But God says it's time to get up. You've never seen a day that needed the gospel any more than this day in which we live. And God, not by accident, but by divine design, we're all here at this present time in 2023. You see, if God wanted you to be born in the 1800s, He could have allowed that. But He didn't. He let you be. And He's equipped us for all, with all we need at this present time to live for God and to walk with God at the present day. God equips all of His people for the day they live in. So there's the, there's the attention that we should get. And I can tell you this, because of the unconcernedness of the church in these last days, because of the sin that gets in the church these last days, because we're putting off the things of God and the Word of God and not walking with God in these last days, there's a good possibility God's going to get our attention. And fact is, I think there's already been judgment in this country. I just don't think it's severe judgment yet. But if God cuts the spigot off, we're in trouble. If God cuts the food off, we're in trouble. I mean, I'm telling you, all God has to do is just withhold the rain and we'll starve to death as a nation. But it's time. 
We can say everything we want to say, but God says it's time. It's time for us to be motivated and to live and to walk and to serve the Lord and to honor the Lord and to glorify the Lord. So he said this. Now, God comes and He tells them this down there in uh, uh, verse 8. And He said this. He said, all right, I want to tell you how to redeem the time. He said, I want you to be motivated. But He said, there's some things you've got to do. Number one, you've got to get up. You've got to get up. That's pretty simple, isn't it? You've got to get up. You've got to rise. Then he said, you've got to go up. He said, I want you to go up to the mountain. Do you know something? I was reading one source. I read this several, I guess, three or four years ago, maybe, maybe longer than that. That they said if, uh, that uh, the Cyrus had given them permission to get lumber, logs out of the king's forest and bring. And they'd went and got them, and they brought them down there, and they didn't use them. You know what they used them for? This one source said. To build their houses. To build their houses. Oh, they made pretty houses, but it wasn't what God said it's for. So God says, all right. He said, now i tell you what I want you to do. Boy, as I look at this, I want to say this. Thank God for the mercy of God. Thank God for second changes. If, if we wouldn't be here if we didn't get second, third, and fourth, and fifth changes. We wouldn't be here. But God's merciful. And so what He does is He tells these people through Haggai, He said, now, I want you to get up. I want you to go up. I want you to cut trees down. I want you to bring them down here. And I want you to build the house of God. There were some of the older people there that they looked at and they said, we can't build one like Solomon's temple. And they couldn't. But you know something? God said, I'm not looking for Solomon's temple. I'm looking for the one you are building. And he said, I'll tell you what I'll do. He said, you go up and build that thing and I'll be pleased with it. And he said, I'll get glory in it. If you'll just be... You see, God don't have to have a fine building. God just has to have some people that's obedient to do what He said for them to do. Obedience is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. God's looking for us to be motivated to God, to just walk with Him, to just serve Him, just to be pleasing in His sight. That's what God's looking for. So here's, here's God said, all right, He said, I want you to know, I want you to go up and I'm, I'm going to glorify you. But He turns back to this and He says, you looked for much and Lord came to little. And He said, you brought it home and I blowed upon it. You know what God said? He's letting them know here. He said, I'm the one that's let the hardships come into your life. He said, you planted these gardens and these uh, wheat fields, these rye fields. And he said, you planted much and you brought in little. But notice this. He said, I blowed on it. What God did blowed some of it away. 
What they brought in wasn't enough to start with, but then God made it less than what it was simply because they wouldn't yield to God. Simply because they wouldn't yield to God. So we find this, that he said this. He said, all right. He said, now I'm going to tell you the reason that all of this trouble has come your way. Because mine house, that is waste. And every one run unto his own house. God said there's a reason. Now I'll tell you something. I believe there's a reason that, that we're not blessed the way we could be. And if God sits down on us, He can give us the exact reason. He don't have to beat around the bush. He can tell us exactly what it is, is the reason He's withholding the rain. The reason that there's a drought. A reason that there's all of these other things. God says there's a reason in it. And I can tell you something, God knows us. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows the intents of our heart. He knows the desires of our heart. God knows everything about us. He knows if we're willing to be dedicated to the Lord. He knows if we're holding back on the Lord. He knows all of those things. God said, I want you. And I want all of you. Amen. So here's, here's Haggai. And God says again, He said, all right. He said, therefore, so here's the results of their neglect toward God. Therefore, the heaven over you is stayed from dew, and the earth stayed from her fruit. I call for a drought upon the land, upon the mountains, upon the corn, upon the new wine, upon the oil, upon that which the ground bringeth forth, and upon men, and upon cattle, and upon the labor of the hands. He said, I'm the reason. Now I'll tell you something. Is God not in control of all things still yet today? He sure is. He's still in control. He's in control of the weather. He's in control of storms where they hit. He's in control of earthquakes, volcanoes. But He's in control of disease that can come around. I mean, wasn't long ago there was COVID. God let it go. It went all over the world. You say, we could have stopped it? Sure He could. But I'm telling you, we don't deserve the mercy that we have received. We don't deserve the goodness of God that God has showed us already. Well, right. I'm telling you, we're on, the, uh, we're on the receiving end of God's goodness. It's not because we deserve anything. So God said this. So we find that starting in verse 12, they obeyed the Lord. Motivation that's motivated right listens to God. Listens to God. It listens to the Word of God. God just didn't put uh, words on white paper for us to read. He, He gave us that Word for us to obey Him and His Word. 
I heard a fellow say this, and, and it really stuck with me. And he said, you're no more right with God than you are with His Word. And you're not. If you're not right with this written Word, you ain't right with God because this written Word is God's very Word. But they obeyed. You know what they done? They went up to the mountains. And they cut down. Boy, it's amazing what happened then. It's in about four years they finished this house. It wasn't the grandest Solomon's. Thus, when they kind of dedicated that thing, some of the old men wept and others shouted. There was a mixed noise among them. But you want me to tell you something? God said, I'm pleased. I'm glorified. I'm magnified. It may not meet the standard of Solomon's, but it meets my criteria. And what we learn is this. Our job isn't like somebody else's. Our, our walk may not be like somebody else's. But all God's asking this pastor is just to be a preacher of the gospel and pastor this church. All God's asking you to is to be faithful to Him and faithful to this church and faithful to the Word of God. That's what God's asking us. My, we ought to be motivated in these things. But it's amazing how unmotivated we are in the things of God. We've got time for everything else but the Word of God and the way of God. God says, I just want you. I just want you. I want you to turn over to... I'll close with this. I want you to turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 3 for a moment. I want to read you a few verses there. I preached on this last night over at the church. But I I want you to notice this. In this motivation, now look what God says. Starting in verse 12. If any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stone, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the say shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire, and fire shall try every man's work to see what it is sort of. Now, I want you to notice, I want you to notice two things in this, to this point. We're all building. Everybody is building. We're building. And we're building on a foundation that is already laid. And it's a work that we're doing in this building. It's a work that we're doing. Fact is, if it's on the foundation and we're doing it right, it's a work for God. If we're doing it wrong, it's wood, hay, and stubble. And fire's going to try it. And it's going to be burned up. But one other thing, read on down through that and look at, you know what you're building? You're not building just anything. You're building a temple. You're building a temple. A place for a holy God to dwell in. A place for for us to honor God in that temple. 
If you read Solomon's account of the temple, God told him, He said, My name, I want it to dwell there. You know what God wants from me? He wants His Son's name to be in me. And everywhere I go, that name is honored and glorified and magnified because I'm building a temple for God. People are looking at my works. People are looking at my walk. And so are they looking at you the same way. God is looking for us to build that temple in honor unto God and to glorify Him. Now, how are we building our temple? With what? Something that will abide the fire? Or something that will be burned up in the fire? And I guess I'll be honest about it and say, I built some with wood, hay, and stubble. Wrong motives. But I think there's a few things I've tried to build that would honor God. I prayed today on this service. I'm not here to impress anybody. I'm here to glorify God. I'm here to lift Him up this evening. And that's, that's all I wanted to do is magnify His name. I wanted to be His praise, His honor, and His glory. Let us stand. Pastor, if you will come.